The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, another hour of the Jesse Kelly Show. Remember, we still got Boris Rifkin 30 minutes from now, as he is every single Tuesday, breaking down the history of the Soviet Union and communism and Lenin and Stalin and all kinds of stuff. We still have to get to the pirates, Chris. Give me, give me 10 minutes, we're getting to the pirates. Don't shake your head, it's awesome. But I have a couple quick things I need to do before we get to that. I brought up the system before. I've brought this up before, and I'm, I'm going to bring it up again, and i got to be honest. If it bugs you, you should probably go, because I'm never going to let this go. Coronavirus. Treating coronavirus. No, no, hold on. Just stay with me. It's going to apply to everything today. Treating coronavirus. We knew right away we had a deadly lung disease. We knew basically right away old people and fat people were uniquely affected by it. We knew that right away. And so the medical community did what the medical community oftentimes does, basically always does. They put their heads together and they tried to figure out how do we treat it? Don't worry, I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere with this. And almost immediately, remember this wasn't late, almost immediately some doctors, not idiots like me who went to community college, doctors came out and started saying, um, <clears throat> Ivermectin works really well. Now, again, I'm not a doctor, but I do know how to read, kind of. And Ivermectin has been around a long time. It's treated human beings for a long time. Billions of prescriptions. 
really a relatively benign drug, uh, mainly treated against, mainly used against parasites. Ivermectin's big in uh, Africa, places where they have hard, hard to have access to clean drinking water. But a bunch of doctors came out and said, uh, I'm treating coronavirus with ivermectin. We have one right here in Houston. She came out and said, I've treated over 2,200 patients with ivermectin. COVID patients, I've treated them with ivermectin, and not one of my ivermectin patients has seen the hospital. Now, that's not me telling you about ivermectin. I don't know what it is. I don't even know how it's made. I don't know squat about ivermectin. That's a doctor saying it. Doctors were saying it. I, Dr. Blank, am treating patients with it. Her name, by the way, is Mary Tally Bowden. I think we need to get her on the show, Chris. Mary Tally Bowden. She came out and said, hey, I've treated 2,200 patients. No side effects. All of them stayed out of the hospital. Okay. Well, that's good, right? No. It would be good, except for the fact we're surrounded by demons who run this country. And almost immediately, especially right after Joe Rogan came out and said, I got uh, coronavirus and I got... Uh, I took ivermectin and a bunch of other things. I got better. Almost immediately, the Food and Drug Administration put out an article why you should not use ivermectin to treat or prevent coronavirus. Okay, well, that's a little odd. The Food and Drug Administration, they're not supposed to be part of the Democratic Party. And if it's a drug that doesn't really do any harm, no major side effects to humans, why wouldn't you want them to try? Okay, that's a little odd. And then again today, you know how Pfizer has been doing this push really hard for the fourth booster shot? Today, the CDC came out and said this, the anti-parasite drug ivermectin is not authorized or approved by the FDA for treating or preventing COVID-19. Now, what's all this have to do with how surrounded are we? Well, look, even your medical community, even it's rotted and corrupt to the core. That goes back to what I've been saying since the beginning of the show. We are surrounded culturally. Now, again, I'm going to, I'm going to play you something I played on the 18th, something I said on the 18th, because I need to make sure you don't get down here. We're surrounded by the leaders of all the cultural institutions. You, the people who think like you, you're not some tiny minority, though, and you're not alone. This is what I said on the 18th. The crowds thing for a second. I just actually pressed pause there on accident. I, you see there's a lot of buttons on the screen, and Chris, Chris has never given me instructions, basically. I just sat down here, and he expected... Yes, Chris, the play button. I can't. I don't know what all the buttons you... Anyway, I'm gonna, this is me on the 18th, but I want, I want to stay on the crowds thing for a second. Clay and Buck, you obviously know Clay and Buck, and you know my mentor, Michael Berry. They came down here. We had a big blowout event in Houston. And I'll be honest with you, I wasn't looking forward to it. Now, I wasn't dreading it because I'm real good friends with Michael and, and Clay and Buck. Like, we're all boys, so I was looking forward to hanging out with them. But a big event, I don't want to do a big event. It's a Friday. So we went to this event, and it was the most energizing thing I have done in six months to a year. Why? This is the danger you can fall into right now and I can fall into. Because we are culturally surrounded by the enemy, it is easy to feel alone. And that is not good and it's not true.
If you if you're a loner like me, if I allow if I never go to one of those big events and I just sit in my house, maybe uh turn on a movie. Am I going to see my values in the movie I turn on, especially if it's a modern one? Okay, no, let's turn on a sitcom. Am I going to see my values in a sitcom? When I turn on the news channels, am I going to see my values, the TV commercials, the NFL, NBA, am I going to see my values? Do the corporations out there, are they spreading my values? Are, is the education system spreading my You understand what I mean? Culturally, we are surrounded because the scumbag communists took over all the cultural institutions. So that can lead loners like me to believe we're alone. That, that there, hardly anyone agrees with me. Uh, everyone's against me. I, I don't have anybody. I went out to that event. We, st- we sat on stage and did a, like a panel for an hour, just kind of talked back and forth. And then after that, we went down off the stage and just went and hung out with people. Had, a, had some beers, hung out with people, took a bunch of pictures and stuff like that. Man, it was so energizing. There were so many people that think like you think and want what you want and want what I want. I couldn't get the smile off my face for two days after that thing because it was a reminder I'm not alone. You're not alone. Yeah, we feel surrounded. Everything you see through that television set, most of what you hear through your radio speakers, education, everything, it all makes you feel surrounded and like you're alone, but you are not alone. There are so many people, millions of them in this country, who think just like you think and want what you want. And we have to constantly remind ourselves of that. So, yeah, that's me back live. Remember that. You're not alone, but we are in a desperate situation. And we have to fight like it. They got the CDC and FDA. They They got it all. They got... They got ESPN. I mean, I know that that if you're younger, that's a no-brainer for you. You're used to ESPN being gutter trash. Man, I grew up watching ESPN. That's what we did. It was just sports. It was just sports and dude stuff. It was great. And now, here's ESPN. Courtney Lyle, Carolyn Peck. Now, normally at this time, we would take a look back at the first half, but there are things bigger than basketball that need to be addressed at this time. Our friends, our family, our coworkers, the players and coaches in our community are hurting right now. And at 3 o'clock, about eight minutes ago, our LGBTQIA plus teammates at Disney asked for our solid... Okay, one, that's hilarious. Chris, remind me, write this down. LGBTQIA+. We're going to take a stab at what all those mean. No, is it longer than that? All right, Chris, find the longest version you can find, and we're going to see if I can figure out what all of them mean. You better find out what they mean, too. But anyway, she goes on. Solidarity and support, including our company's support, in opposition to the parental rights in education bill in the state of Florida and similar legislature across the United States. And a threat to any... Human rights is a threat to all human rights. And at this time, Courtney and I, we're going to take a pause from our broadcast to show our love and support for our friends, our families, and our colleagues. Of course, they uh, had a moment of silence, which that has got to be the only time with an all-female broadcasting team there has ever been a moment of silence. However, that was ESPN. You can't even watch a basketball game. 
to be fair, that was a women's basketball game, so nobody was watching, but you can't even watch a basketball game. We must fight as if the times are desperate. And so many of us, not, not you personally, but the, the people on the right, so many, especially uh, the politicians, definitely, and lots of the pundits, they don't want to fight like it's desperate. They want to fight like it's just, well, I mean, that's, uh, let's go for the midterms. Uh, what about 2024? We have so much bigger fish to fry than the midterms in 2024. All right? All right. First, we're going to attempt to guess all the letters in their meeting and the LGBTQ. We're going to try to guess all those next. And I'm going to get to some great emails next. And we got Boris Rifkin coming up in 20 minutes. It's going to be awesome. Now, that's enough yucky. Let's talk about something awesome. Let's talk about the fact you can currently buy Giza Dream Sheets from MyPillow for the lowest price ever. 60% off. 6-0. Now, Giza is the world's best cotton. Everybody knows this. Well, Mike Lindell, of course, anytime he gets a hold of something like this, he thinks, I can do something amazing with it. And he did. He came up with Giza Dream Sheets. When he wasn't fighting for our freedom and election security, he was coming up with the greatest freaking sheets ever. They're the best. I don't even know how many sets we have now. We had two, but I absolutely caught the wife ordering some more. So I'm pretty sure she ordered two more. Go get a couple sets. They're 60% off. You can get them as low as $39.99. But you got to go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener specials, and use the promo code JESSE, and that's how you get them. MyPillow.com, radio listener specials, promo code JESSE, or you can just call them, maybe you're on the road, 800-845-0544. You're listening to the Oracle. You're gonna love this one. It's a scream, baby. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Remember, you can email the show anything you want. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Your love, your hate, your death threats, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions for Friday. All are welcome. All right, again, before I get to the emails here, ESPN, trust me, I know you didn't see it because it was a women's basketball game. They had a, a moment of silence because Florida passed a bill saying, please don't talk to my kindergartner about being a trans. Courtney Lyle, Carolyn Peck. Now, normally at this time, we would take a look back at the first half, but there are things bigger than basketball that need to be addressed at this time. Our friends, our family, our coworkers, the players and coaches in our community are hurting right now. And at 3 o'clock, about eight minutes ago, our LGBTQIA plus teammates at Disney asked for our solidarity and support, including our company's support, in opposition to the parental rights in education bill in the state of Florida and similar legislature across the United States. And a threat to any human rights is a threat to all human rights. And at this time, Courtney and I, we're going to take a pause from our broadcast to show our love and support for our friends, our families, and our colleagues. All right. I had the fellas, as promised, print me out the current list of initials for this whole mafia, this whole communist street group, and seeing if I could guess all of them. So, Chris, I need you to pull up the definitions and give me the thumbs up or thumbs down if I get it right. I know I'm going to be okay with, with, with the beginning ones. And then we'll get to everything else, obviously. But first, all right, the list Chris printed me, and I kid you not, he swears this is the official list as it stands. 
L-G-B-T-Q-I-A-2-S, as in Sam plus. Chris, is the two a misprint? Are you serious? Oh, that one's going to be a toughie. All right, hang on. All right, hang on. Let's see if we can get this here. Let's see if we can get this here. Drum roll, please. Uh, L is obviously lesbian, right? WNBA. Les- okay, good. What, Chris? No, I'm kidding. It's fine. Gay is, or G is gay. I have those two. Um, B is bisexual. Okay, all right. T is the trannies, I'm assuming. Q, queer? It's queer? What's the difference between that and gay? What am I asking you for? Okay, you know what? Never mind. I don't want to. I don't want to know the difference. Oh, it also stands for questioning. Questioning what? Oh, questioning what they are. Oh gosh, that's impossible. I, uh, independent, not independent. Um, uh, oh, I'm I'm getting put on the spot here. Uh, of identifying, identification. What is it? Intersexed? Are we going to be allowed to say what that means on the show? Okay. Um, A is apologetic. A is uh, a asexual. Okay. Okay. Like an amoeba. Yeah. Or a GOP member of Congress. All right. Two is uh, two and S are connected. Okay. So it's two S. Too, too, too stupid. What? What is it? What is it? Too spirited. Okay, no, you're finding me that one. What exactly that? Too spirited. I have to find out what that means. Okay, so look, it was. It's a joke. Obviously, we're no. It's actually that's not a joke. That's real. But we are culturally surrounded. We have to fight as if we're culturally surrounded, and we don't. We fight nice. Let's let's be nice to let's be nice to the Supreme Court Justice Jackson. I mean, all she did was give a bunch of pedophiles like court sentences. I mean, what's the big deal? How would you feel if somebody up here on our side said, you know, you attend church too much for me or your faith is a little bit different to me? And they would suggest that it would affect your decision. Would you find that offensive? Senator, I'm I'm I would if I were you. I found it offensive when they said it about Judge Barrett. The reason I ask these questions is I have no doubt that your faith is important to you, and I have zero doubt that you can adjudicate people's cases fairly if they're an atheist. He's going to make sure she's treated fairly. They, when we have someone on the Supreme Court, he's an alcoholic gang rapist. Remember how they treated Brett Kavanaugh? What do we ask our people? Are you, have you been treated fairly? Now, to be fair, Ted Cruz did go after her pretty good, and Holly did too. I'll play you some Cruz stuff after we get to Boris, but we got to get to some emails here. Dear Jesse, I do my best to get through to my two teenage boys. It's a lot harder today with having to battle for their hearts and minds against the almighty internet. Occasionally, I get through and can reinforce the most important part of humanity, that communists aren't really people. <laughs> Anyways... A few months back, I was picking up my 16-year-old from his first job in an ice cream shop. He gets in a car. Of course, I have you on the radio. I can see the eye roll right away. 
I know he's thinking, here we go. However, you go, you're going on about what a dime is, in which we're on the same page, by the way, and you say something about some guys liking big girls and that it's okay, quote, if you want to wrestle heavyweight. I did say that, Chris. What, Chris? It's a what? Never mind. It's fine. He said, at the same time, we both busted out laughing, and from that moment, I can see in him more of an openness to listen and relate to your words of wisdom. Your all-American, red-blooded male personality is a winner. You are really getting through the next generation, and that, my man, is indeed, as Rush used to say, a gift from God. He says, don't give up on college, dude. I went back after 20 years, just got my bachelor's in business, and I'm far from smart just like you. (laughs) And he said his name is Rob. All right, one, I'm never going back to college, ever. I'm Look, and it's not even because it's a bunch of communists now. I'm too stupid. I understand that I, I just understand I can't do it. I can't do it. I don't, I can't sit there and listen to the words and, and regurgitate them. But as far as the, what did they call it? The all American red blooded male personality. Look, I talk like you talk because I come from the same place you come from. It's not more complicated than that. I didn't, I didn't go to a university. I mean, I did. I got a 0.0 grade point average and pretty much had to drop out after one year and join the Marines. I, I don't have fancy degrees. I don't, I, I don't, I don't hang around a bunch of political people. or, or the, I, I just don't. I grew up in construction. I did, I, I did my time in the Marines. I washed dishes. Your kid scooping up ice cream? I had a crappy job just like that, too. Washing dishes. It sucked. That's how I live my life. Let's talk to Boris Rifkin next about the history of communism. Let's geek out on communism, then we'll get to a lot more. Hang on. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and we have so much more still. We still have to talk about pirates and the FBI and emails and a lot more. But first, let's get to something I know everyone's been looking forward to for a week. Every Tuesday, my friend Boris Rifkin of Montefly Holdings comes on the show and drops some communism knowledge for us about the Soviet Union and history. And since I know we all geek out on that stuff... He's back again tonight, but Boris thought it was a good idea, and I agree with him to do a little rewind. You see, we finished off Stalin. Well, technically, all Stalin's people around him finished off Stalin, but we finished with Stalin last week, and Boris thought it would be a good idea to talk about how Stalin actually helped Hitler at one point. Boris, what are you talking about? Yeah, uh, I think this is something your listeners are going to find especially interesting because this is almost never talked about or rarely talked about uh, because a lot of the documentation evidence uh, supporting all of this of what actually took place uh, was classified and hidden for so many decades during the Soviet period and only a lot more has now been written about it. So essentially what this all boils down to was remember a number of segments ago I talked about how the first attempt by the Bolsheviks to impose to force uh, revolution across Europe was a miserable failure. In 1920, they were stopped in Poland and a couple of other countries, and that Stalin regarded that as unfinished business. And over the years and through the 1920s, other attempts to organically get communist parties, which were set up all across Europe and were taking instruction directly from Moscow, from the Central HQ, which was the Communist International. It was headquartered in Moscow, the Comintern. Uh, they really politically weren't democratically effective on their own to be able to take power. So violent revolution didn't work. Those were put down. And the democratic process to elect communist candidates effectively to parliaments and through that method uh, take power through normal political means also wasn't working very well. And so Stalin in the late 1920s and 1928 made a strategic decision and specifically related to Germany, which had at that time by far the most powerful, best organized, and best funded communist party. 
led by Ernst Tellman. And he decided that uh, as, a, as against the Nazis that had already been formed and were starting to gain some ground, and the Social Democrats that had the majority in the German parliament and were the dominant mainstream party at the time, that the communists, despite the fact that the Social Democrats were center-left politically, the communists were not to engage in any kind of alliance, politically or otherwise, with the Social Democrats. And as he framed it, and this is the instruction that came down to the German Communist Party from the Comintern in Moscow, in the conflict between the Nazi fascists, the regular fascists, and the social fascists, as they called the Social Democrats, the communists were to prioritize war with the social fascists. So essentially, Stalin did everything in his power to ensure that the Nazis effectively had a divided field politically in front of them that they could take advantage of, which dramatically allowed them to increase the number of seats that they were able to get in the German parliament and eventually come to power, to put Hitler in a position politically where he eventually was able to maneuver his way into becoming chancellor of Germany and the rest was history. Now, and of course, we know, right. No, I'm sorry, sorry to interrupt. Now, you, Stalin, the communists in the Soviet Union sound like they really have it on for the social fascists, as you just said. Who were the social fascists and why did they particularly bother the communists so much? Because in Stalin's view of how all of this would eventually uh, have to be played out, he did not believe that the communist parties in Europe individually would be able to bring communism there directly, that this would have to be done through a major European war, which the Soviet Union would play a principal role in, and eventually the Red Army, doing what it tried to do but failed to do in 1920, would finish that unfinished business and essentially bring socialism, uh, Stalinism, uh, to the continent at gunpoint. Uh, but in order for that war to occur, two things needed to happen. The Soviet Union needed to be heavily militarized and industrialized. That's what we talked about. Remember, the rapid industrialization, the collectivization, mm -hmm. all of the buildup for war that Stalin had been doing for decades. And the second, there had to be some icebreaker. There had to be some force in Europe, some trigger uh, that would lead the Versailles system, the post-World War I peace system, to break down and for war to break out in the continent. And Stalin saw in Hitler that spark somebody, that instrument that he could potentially use uh, in order to bring this about. He knew that the Social Democrats were not going to start a new war in Europe. That was not within their political imagination, thankfully. And none of the other centrist established parties were going to be doing it either. So he needed an extreme radical party movement to come into power in Germany in order to start another major war in Europe, which he was gearing up for. And he saw Hitler as being a foil, an instrument to facilitate that. And he also felt that he couldn't get the communists into power, like I said, because they just didn't have enough support. So he had to look for an alternative, which basically also meant, by the way, that the very communists in Germany that looked to Stalin as their leader and who they took instructions from were all wiped out by Hitler after Hitler came to power. They were all put in concentration camps, killed, expelled, etc. So, but to Stalin, you know, the, the the people that Stalin cared about least were fellow communists, as we know. Speaking to Boris Rifkin, joining us as he does every single Tuesday at this time, giving us history on communism and the Soviet Union. Actually, I want to hit on that that you just brought up. You brought up their connection to Stalin, how Stalin wanted them to do this, and Stalin didn't want them to do that. Well, I mean, some people may find that confusing. I know I personally do. 
Stalin's in Russia. They're in Germany. He's not in charge of them. Is he in charge of them? What, why, well, why is he giving orders to the German Communist Party? Or is that just a common theme? They All, all the Communist Parties in various nations look to Stalin or, the, or Russia for leadership. Pretty much. At that time, uh, the funding, the political organization, many of the cadres, the people who were leading these Communist Parties in uh, Europe, either came directly from, were trained in Moscow by the Comintern, or were otherwise influenced by them. And so... It was normal that at that point, this was the, the by far the largest, most successful socialist revolution that had taken place. And a lot of what, the, the political line of the communist parties across Europe was the line of Stalin, of Stalin Soviet Union. So it was different from, you know, there were other socialist leftist movements and parties and factions, but specifically the communist parties as they were registered and existed, took their cue directly from Moscow. And that's how it was organized. And uh and eventually, and we could touch on this, I think, you know, in a future segment in terms of what more was eventually done leading up to the infamous Molotov-Ribbentrop Pact with Hitler, without which essentially World War II could not have happened. All of the massive trade and financial direct resource assistance that Stalin gave Hitler, also allowing Hitler, assisting Hitler's rearmament program. In other words, the German military that Hitler was rebuilding in violation of all of the restrictions of the Versailles Treaty after World War One, all these things that Germany couldn't do. Stalin set up secret training facilities and bases in the Soviet Union to allow German generals, officers to practice with the latest tanks and other types of weapons and equipment, uh, all in, in secret, classified. Anyone who died at these trainings was brought back as, you know, Somebody, they were, you know, a training accident or, you know, a technical equipment failure or something to that effect. They were sent back to Germany. And another interesting point, I'm just putting a lot of this in because I think it's really would be interesting for your listeners. It is. Uh, the infamous uh, slogan at the top of Auschwitz, uh, the death camp and other German concentration camps, Arbeit macht frei, that everybody is familiar with. The original slogan, where that originally came from, was actually from a Soviet gulag in northern in the northern part of the Soviet Union, one of the first gulag camps that Stalin had set up. And there was an official visit by some SS officials to look at the camp, to survey it, and to take notes, essentially, to look at Soviet practices at the time, in the 1930s. And they saw that written up on top one of the local monasteries, modified it slightly, and that's the slogan that ended up being affixed to the gates of Auschwitz and these other death camp, uh, concentration camps. Tag on. So um, just, you know, it's, it's truly a sinister, eerie connection. And I'd like to maybe just quickly recommend a couple of books for your listeners. Please they do. Want they ask me all the time. They're dying. Please give it to them. Get your yeah. pens out. Uh, so uh, I would highly recommend uh, Stalin's War by Sean McMeekin, uh, recently published, I think, a year or two ago, and um, Stalin's Grand Design by Viktor Suvorov. He was a former... Uh, Soviet GRU intelligence officer defected to the UK in the 1970s, written a lot, really the authoritative set of books on Soviet intelligence, on the security services and the military. And, but he's also been a very prominent sort of more revisionist World War II historian that dedicated his post-defection career to a lot of this stuff in this area. So I think your, your listeners would find a lot of interesting information and tidbits there. He is Boris Rifkin. I highly recommend you go follow him on social media, particularly Twitter. Boris, thank you for making us smarter, as you always do, my friend. Thanks, Jesse. Dude is a wealth of knowledge. And it is funny that, well, it's not funny, it's actually horrible, but that the, the Soviet 
German connection and how much they overlapped and then ended up just slaughtering each other. You know what? We'll geek out on some history here in a second. And we have to talk about the FBI lying about crime statistics and pirates, which may involve me and the fellas being gone a couple weeks to go be pirates. All that is coming up on the Jesse Kelly Show. Before we go do that, though, you saw that video that's been floating around online today. I'm not going to elaborate on the details of it. Another terrible street crime that happened to an innocent woman. Get something so you can protect yourself. We are heading into desperate times in this country. Now, they may not be desperate for you. They may, but they might, may not be desperate for you. But you had better understand there are going to be extra desperate people out there and desperate people do dangerous things. Get a hero gun so you can defend yourself and get one for your wife. Get one for your husband. Get one for your daughter, your grandma, your grandpa. Get something you carry on you to protect yourself with. It's a non-lethal gun. It's only about the size of a cell phone. Anyone can use it. You don't have to be a Navy SEAL. I promise. It's got a little laser sight on it. couple minutes, you'll know. No concealed carry permit required. All right? Go to Hero2020.com and use the code JESSE because that actually gets you a special discount. Hero2020.com, code JESSE. State restrictions may apply. Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. It is The Jesse Kelly Show. I'm so excited to talk about piracy. Not so much the FBI. What, Chris? I'm excited to talk about piracy. Chris, who was that? That was a good song. That sounded good. What was that? Audio Slave? They're not pro-slavery, are they? They're not. What? Is that a new band? Oh, it's got Chris Cornell. I don't know all the newfangled stuff, Chris. They're not an 80s band. What would you know about an 80s band? You're 11 years old. You don't know anything. You know what? Forget about it. You know what? I want to feel better about where we are. It's been a heavy show. If you missed any part of it, the whole heart, the whole thing's on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. Just go subscribe and download it. And, of course, leave a review talking about how handsome I am. But it's been a heavy show, right? I, for one, want to feel better. So if, if we're going to feel better about things, let's, let's take a moment and appreciate greatness whenever we see it out there. There are leaders who they understand what Americans are going through, and they speak so eloquently. They give me hope for, where, for not just where we are, where we're going. As we all know, elections matter. And when folks vote, they order what they want. And in this case, they got what they asked for. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to agree. (laughs) Talking about the significance of the passage of time, right? The significance of the passage of time. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time. I am here, standing here on the northern flank, on the eastern flank, talking about what we have in terms of the eastern flank and our NATO allies. It is a country in Europe. It exists 
next to another country called Russia. There's still another minute left, by the way. I just want to give credit to my friend Greg Price, who put this little montage together. There's still a minute left. And if you think I'm going to stop this, you got another thing coming. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country. Much like Kamala when she's getting a promotion, you've got another thing coming. ...called Ukraine. So basically that's wrong. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. Uh, and I haven't been to Europe. <laughs> and I, I mean, I don't know. We must together, work together, to see where we are, where we are headed, where we are going, and our vision for where we should be, but also see it as a moment, yes, to together address the challenges. <laughs> we have the ability to see what can be, unburdened by what has been, and then to make the possible actually happen one i'm still not finished that might be my all-time favorite and the reason why remember when we talked about it on the show the reason that might be my all-time favorite is she even gives this little pause and a smirk at the end of that stupid line where you can tell she thought oh nailed it they're gonna go wild (laughs) and the place is just dead silent is at stake at this very moment what is at stake this very moment are some of the guiding principles around the NATO alliance. As it relates to what we need to do domestically as well as as what we need to do in terms of this issue generally, we have, as the president said, uh, reevaluated what we're doing. Based on what we've just been able to see, and because we've seen it or not, doesn't mean it hasn't happened. (laughs) But just limited to what we have seen. Gosh, I, I'll admit I added that last part in at the end myself. Those, that's the vice president of the United States of America. All right, that's enough. That's enough, that's enough tomfoolery. Let's talk about something serious here. These are serious times. And you know how they've been out there seizing the yachts of these Russian billionaires? And just, I, I need to clarify something for people who don't understand a lot of the why would you seize Russian billionaire yachts? Well, some of that is idiotic. But some of it is legitimate. Remember, the Soviet Union went from communism. They tried to do capitalism, kind of, but really screwed that whole thing up. And other people really played a part in that. But honestly, we played a part in that. But they screwed the whole thing up. And they didn't end up with capitalism. They ended up with like 10 guys running the entire country. And I'm not making that up. If you, you go look up the story, um, Once Upon a Time in Russia is a great book on it if you're looking to do it. And then from there, the oligarchs really ran Russia. And then Stalin gets elected. And what's that line from Batman? Uh, you're dealing with a man you don't really understand. They thought they had another puppet. They did not have another puppet. They have a guy who is more than willing to kill people, a lot of them. And Stalin calls in all the oligarchs. And he calls in the oligarchs, and there's this famous meeting, and they're, they're in some KGB. Actually, I think it was a military base, but, but they're in some scary concrete bunkers surrounded by scary guys who look like they want to kill them all. And, Stalin, and, and Putin basically tells them, uh, your, your days of running the country are over. You work for me now. You can keep all your money, like whatever. That, that's fine. Stay rich. You don't run Russia now. I run Russia. Don't test me. And some of them did test him, but some of them ended up hanging from their shower rods and their yachts. Which brings us to me and possibly you. It may be time to do battle. Hang on.
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.